Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to episode 104 of the 476ers podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk about game four of last night's game. Justice for the blind, just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind. You good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode 104 of the 476ers podcast. We're going to talk about last night's game, obviously game four uh, of the Hawks game. I took a week off last week. I needed a small vacation from my own brain. Uh, also, to focus on a couple other things, uh, I had to take care of some stuff. Uh, as you know, the, the tree that violated my car, I got my car back, so that was a good feeling. But I had some other stuff to take care of anyway. It's not important. Sometimes you got to take time off. You know, sometimes you got to disconnect from the world for a little bit and get yourself refocused. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I know a lot of social media stuff uh, will make you feel as if taking time off or taking a week off or taking however much time to get your mind right is something that's like, well, you're not motivated or you're not driven or whatever the fuck social media people think it is. Um, but no, that's not true. You know what I mean? You got to do what you got to do for you. You know what I mean? And anyway, that's not important. That's a, that's, that's a topic for another time. You know what I mean? That's a topic for another time. We're here to talk about yesterday's game, you know, because Joel took off for the second half. And sometimes you got to do that. Get your mind right, Joe. You know, so he took off the second half. You know what I mean? He didn't really take off the second half. And we'll talk about that in a second. Um, you know, but, you know, I, I, how do we even talk about this game? Listen, so I, I didn't, one, one of the part of the reasons I took off last week was because I already knew, you know, after game one, I knew I wasn't going to do a podcast really on game one because there was nothing to glean from game one. Game one felt a lot like uh, when we played the Nets two years ago, um, they beat us in game one or three years ago where they beat us in game one of the playoffs. And it was a situation where early game, you know, they just, they looked unbeatable. They, they couldn't miss against us. And they, I, I mean, to the point where I, I, my eyes deceived me and made me think that, my God, can we beat this team because they're not missing. And then obviously we beat them four straight after that, but it's the nature of early games, whatever, for whatever reason we suck it, we suck in early games. I mean, I, I don't know what the numbers are, but it just seems like every time we play early, we're, we're the worst. You know, and it just seemed obvious in that game that so much of, of what transpired in that game was we just were asleep. I didn't really concern myself about that game, although I was obviously concerned about the Trey Young piece. But as an entire team, we just slept. And, you know, obviously people then shitted on Danny Green, blame Danny. It's a shame. You know, it's just just fans that don't pay attention to basketball. And this is not to completely just go out and cap for Danny necessarily, but again, Danny has literally won us games this year. He has literally on multiple nights been our second scorer. You know what I mean? He's been our second scorer on a lot of nights. He's played grief, great defense on a lot of nights. A lot of Sixers fans, for whatever reason, have us already in the finals playing the Suns when we haven't even beaten the Hawks yet. They have us playing the Suns in the finals and thinking that we're going to steamroll the Suns if we see them. And that isn't true because we lost to the Suns, I'm pretty sure, twice this year. Um, there's the Joel Embiid, obviously, the, the, the full court heave that almost went in. There's that loss. And the loss before that was a loss where Danny was defending Devin Booker and really did a great job on him in the first half. And, and I've talked about this a million times in the second half. We put Ben on him and Ben gets skewered by Devin Booker. Um it's not that simple. They're a, they are a really complete team. Uh, we are a really not complete team. Uh, as evidenced by yesterday, when we need a bucket, who can we go to, right? Who do we go to? If Joe's not going, who are we going to get a bucket from on this team? I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know. We're gonna get we're gonna break down. We're gonna get into all of these individual people, but I do want to say one thing before we go. But before I start jumping into each one of these players, I'm gonna give Doc some credit real quick. Doc, credit to the homie Vic who told me this last week, and I should have mentioned this on a podcast that one of the underrated Doc things, the things that Doc does is being able to get a lot out of the bench guys, out of bench guys, having bench guys ready and motivated to go. We've had Tyrese games. We've had Shake Milton games. We've had Furkan play great over the last couple of days, do his best as a fill-in, although defensively he's not playing well, to say the least. He's not playing well. And I've mentioned how Furkan can't do what my beard looks fantastic right now. I just want to point that out. I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I can't help but look at my, it just looks, I'm sorry. Furkan uh, defensively has been a problem. And I've mentioned before how Furkan has played good defense. Uh, but, you know, yeah, one-on-one defense is not his strong suit. He does a good, he had been doing a good job kind of doing small things and, you know, tipping passes, whatever. Yesterday, he makes a stupid fucking pass in the third quarter as they're going. I mean, a stupid fucking play in the third quarter as they're, as the momentum is shifting and Furkan, for whatever reason, I mean, you're a full, just, you're a full, this is someone who's never dove for a ball, so he didn't know. So maybe it's not his fault. You're a full two seconds behind that play. It was, when you dove, it was one of the most confusing dives I've ever seen. I've never seen someone dive. It's like you dove. It's like you were about to dive into a swimming pool. And a supervillain came and sucked the water out of the swimming pool a full two seconds before you jumped. And you saw that there was no water. So you saw it, but for whatever reason, you just could not stop your body from diving into this swimming pool with no water in it now. It didn't make sense. The play was dead. You had no shot of getting to that loose ball. It was no longer a loose ball, in fact. Um, and they get that open three-pointer on on a, a great Trey Young pass. I mean, you got to give – I got to give – I mean, got to give credit to Trey, man. I got to give some credit to Trey. Um, yeah, let's jump Let's jump into these uh, uh, these guys. I mean, Trey, 18 assists yesterday. How many points did he finish with? Um yeah, 8 for 26, not a great shooting night. Obviously, he was injured, 25 points, 18 assists, 4 rebounds. I mean, the two, only two turnovers. Um, that's incredible. That's wild, only two turnovers. He, um, so much of our defense, and this is what, what's going to irritate me until the day we die, until the day I die, until the day that we trade Ben Simmons or whatever happens first. It's going to frustrate me. I had to literally delete my Twitter, my, my 476ers Twitter the other day because I just couldn't take it anymore. I just couldn't. Sixers fans either cabin for Ben to be defensive player of the year, or all three of these actually cabin for Ben to be defensive player of the year, Joe to be the MVP, uh, Doc to be coach of the year, and Toby to be an all-star. If those all things were true, then yeah, we're we're going to the, we're going to win a championship. But when we don't win a championship, and I don't think we are, uh, what is going to be the argument for that? What are you what are you going to say? What are you going to say to that if we don't win a championship and you had the MVP, the defensive player of the year, the coach of the year, and, and three all-stars on one team? What are you going to say to that? Um, we are an incomplete team. We are in, an embodiment of Tobias and Ben more than we're an embodiment of Joe. Joe is an embodiment of somebody who improves as time goes on. And we see him become a better passer over time. As, as, as he gets more and more double teams, he continues to evolve. You know what I mean? And Nate McMillan said it about Joe too. It's hundred percent true. Um, and, but the rest of the team is not that to- Toby. I mean, okay, let's just start for I thought for did an admirable job 
filling in for Danny. He's done a great job providing a space. I mean, he hits a that big ass three pointer uh, down, you know, down the stretch. Was it like a minute and a half left? He hits that big three on what seems to be a broken play. We're that de- we're desperate to find a basket somewhere. Furkan catch and shoot at the top of the key. I mean, he was a good two feet behind the three point line. That was a deep one, and he drills that, and that was big. You know what I mean? That was big. Furkan, the 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 benefits of the green light you know, in this situation is a situation where Furkan will never be scared of a moment because the light is so green. He doesn't even know where he's at half the time. You know, he doesn't even know where in the world he's at. He's just in the midst of this green aura infected by this green disease, you know, of greenness, of the green light. He is finna pull no matter where he's at on the planet. You know what I mean? He's shooting. He could go, he could have been, he could have been part of the fellowship of the ring. Right. And when they got up there and the problem was that humans could not handle the ring because they were just getting corrupted by the energy. But if you send Furkan up there, he will not be corrupted by this ring. He would have he would have Carmelo Anthony three point shot at that ring into that volcano. He would have ran. He would have been pointing the three to his head running away as the story ends in the book in book one, as the story ends in the first book. No concern about Furkan getting infected by anything else. I mean, the green light blocks out COVID, the green light. This man is a natural blocker of all diseases because the green light is just so in him. Um, and I, so so I thought Furkan played well. I thought he did an admir- admirable job. If you think that we're better with Furkan than Danny, I just don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah, Danny had a bad game in game one. Players have bad games. As I've seen Ben have multiple bad games. Um, but no one seems to be cheering for Ben to be benched or whatever the fuck. So, you know, go figure. Um, we'll save our three best for last. Uh, Seth, Seth played great. Seth has been playing really good in the playoffs, man. He's scoring a lot of points. Remind, he looks a lot like Seth at the beginning of the season as opposed to Seth at the end of the season. Uh, he's been on fire. You know what I mean? And he has to be because he's so goddamn bad on defense that if he's not scoring, he's a zilch zero, stingy with De Niro. Might buy your crisp, but what? But might buy her. I'm sorry, I forgot the words. Um, he is not giving us anything on defense. You know, he is just a, a defense. The, the defensive liability is not is not even the word. He's doing his best, but his best is still just a, a clear window of vision to open jump shots for everyone else. He is struggling. Um, Matisse has not been able to put his same imprint on the season. I mean, he is generally, I mean, on this series, he is generally playing good defense, uh, but he is just, you know, not doing a ton on offense. He hasn't had a ton of moments. Um, I, I would almost, I really wouldn't, I know why we have to start for a can, don't get me wrong, but I really wouldn't mind seeing Matisse, uh, start, you know, he, he doesn't have to play a ton of minutes. You can kind of all, you know, just split time between him and Furkan. Uh, going offense, defense, but I really wouldn't mind seeing him start because he just brings an intensity to the defensive end. And I've said this multiple times. When Danny got hurt, when Danny got hurt the other day in game three, as soon as Matisse came in, I think Seth ended up getting two steals back to back or, or you know, within a few plays. He, Seth ended up with more steals he's, than he's ever had in his entire career combined. He's never had two steals in his whole career. Not, not you know, he doesn't have a lot of steals for his life. And Matisse got it, helped him get two steals more than he's ever had ever. And it just, and I said this last year about when we drafted Matisse, you know what I mean? Because it was really last year when we saw Ben's defense take a step and him being super aggressive. And I remember thinking, man, is, is Matisse infecting Ben, making Ben a better defender or is Ben making Matisse a better defender? I mean, I didn't watch Matisse in college. Everyone knew that he was a great defender, 
uh, had these great instincts. It just seemed like Ben became a better defender with Matisse. And then Matisse comes in the game as soon as Danny gets hurt and everybody on the defensive end of the floor ends up super uber aggressive and just absolutely we smother them. You know, Matisse has that thing. I forgot what the 2K thing is where you're like a great defender. You make everyone else a better defender. Matisse has that. You know, he definitely has that thing. Um, personally, hot take, I think Matisse is the best defender on our team. I know people think it's Ben. I think it's Matisse, actually. Um, I thought George Hill played, you know, he played okay. Um, tried on defense. He just just too small to really affect Bogdanovich on a couple plays. Um, Lou Will hits that big three. George Hill's kind of chasing him around. He really, I mean, he put a ton of effort in. He just couldn't really, couldn't really do much. Um, Dwight, I thought Dwight played big. You know, I thought Dwight actually played really, really well. Um, when we, when, as we were continuously, I mean, our bench just can't help but give them back the lead or, or just lose the lead on their own. And I thought Dwight really did a great job of kind of being physical enough to send a message here and there. Um, obviously he gets that flagrant Dwight is not a surprise. I keep telling you, you just can't control your body. I mean, you're just so uncoordinated. Your elbows are flying around and yeah, you know, it is kind of John Collins fault that he runs into your elbow a little bit, but you, you, you just can't help that your arms are just flailing all over the place, hitting people. Um, what I will say, and I agree with, with, with the homie Vic, Vic texted me yesterday about this and it's true. This happened, this is happening too much in the NBA right now that when, when refs see somebody hit the floor they assume a foul happened. We're seeing so many late calls right now because essentially a ref sees somebody hit the ground and then they blow the whistle. They say, oh, something must have happened here because he's on the floor now. So if you fall and you're small, you're going to get the benefit of the whistle more, essentially is what's happening right now in the NBA. So yesterday there's the one, and, and mind you, this was a foul. So I will say that Joel did foul Trey, although it was after the block on his hand coming down, he hits Trey in the face by accident. And because Trey hit the ground, they called the foul. They called the foul, essentially. So just because a player flails, it's like it's like you don't want to take the chance that something did happen. So you're skewing too far to the left and you're calling everything. And it's too much. It's too much. Just because someone hits the ground doesn't mean it's a foul. Just because someone hits the ground, it doesn't mean it's a foul. If you didn't see the foul happen, then, then come on. Like, what are we doing here? It's too much. And then... You know, Jeff and Gandhi said this. A few people have said this. Vic said this. If you're right now in the NBA, if you're big, you're you're not benefiting from the whistle at all. If you're small, you're going to get all the calls. And we saw it happen two days ago as the as the as the uh, the Suns were sweeping the Nuggets. Joker gets that gets gets kicked out of the game. That that shouldn't that's not a flagrant two. How was that a flagrant two? He's making a play on the ball. He literally made a play on the ball. A flagrant two was supposed to be a situation where what you did was not making a play on the ball. Yesterday, what Ben did to John Collins, you could have argued was more of a flagrant two than what happened with campaign. But because Joker is bigger than campaign and he accidentally grazed his nose, which Cam, uh, you know, acted like a guillotine, just took his fucking face off, hit him with the Nicolas Cage, apparently, even though he's making a play on the ball, they decided they're going to throw him out of the game. Come on. That's a terrible fucking call. Those refs, Adam Silver needed to get on the horn. No, 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 flip that. He's not, you're not kicking out the MVP. You can give it a, give him a flagrant one, but you're not kicking out the MVP of the NBA in a fucking situation in a closeout game where they're about to get swept. You're not going to kick the MVP. You're not going to one. It's already embarrassing enough that the MVP is getting swept out of the, out of the, of the playoffs. You're not going to kick them out in the last game. 
So foul calls just just are skewing too much a little to, to the little guy. And yesterday, Joe suffered a ton from this where where, yeah, right now it's like the refs are either going to call the they're going to call the game for Trey. And that means if they're calling the game for Trey, they can't call the game for Joe, essentially, because Trey benefits a ton from the big guy trailing. I'm going to stop fall. And they got it. They're going to have to legislate this out the game somehow. Because right now, and here, and here's here's the reason why. This is the argument for players against players right here. Because you don't want refs to decide the game, supposedly, right? You, you, that's the, the long-held belief. Don't let the refs decide the game. Except that you're actually trying to get the refs to decide the game. That's what you're doing. You're gaming the system to get the ref to decide the game for you. That's what complaining to the refs is about. That's what getting these stupid, that's what Joel's rip through is about. That's James Harden. That's all these guys. All you're doing is trying to get the refs to, 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 to uh, decide the game for you. And on top of that, when they don't decide the game for you, now you're taking yourself out of the game. So let's get to Joe now. Yeah, Joe, that's what you did yesterday. I, there has been a ton of games in Joe's career where in the first quarter or in the first half, Joe allows himself to get out of kind of pocket because he's not getting calls from the ref or he just he's just emotional. He's out of it for whatever reason. He's just not there. And then in the second half, he comes in and he he, he resets. He settles down second half and puts his imprint on the game again. Yesterday, the opposite happened in the first half. He's playing well in the second half. he I mean, it was yesterday is one of the worst was the worst second half of his career. Mind you, which is interesting because he grabbed 21 rebounds. I don't know if that's a career high. I feel like fairly, it's definitely a playoff career high, but I'm fairly certain it's a career high for him generally. He does never grabs that many rebounds. I do think he was he was really active in the first half, especially it seemed like. And in the second half too, grabbing a ton of rebounds in traffic, hard rebounds. It just seemed like he wanted, he doesn't ever want anyone to look at Clint and say Clint is better than anything than Joe is. You know, he's not a better rebounder. He's not better at anything. So he just was very active grabbing rebounds yesterday. Uh, but on the offensive end, I mean, obviously he's injured. He's obviously not 100% because that that play, that, that last play, the second to last play, he catches that ball and kind of does that reverse layup. I think maybe a week ago or two weeks ago before the injury, he probably just dunks that. He probably dunks that or gets fouled, but because he's going to avoid contact because he can't take off, you know, which it was a bad play. Honestly, Joe, that was not a good play anyway. Why you wouldn't just come to a jump stop, why you wouldn't take one dribble, come to a jump stop, rise and go up. I don't know why you're so at times intent on going off of one foot. I don't know why you do that so often. I wish you wouldn't go off of one foot so often. I wish sometimes you'd come to a jump stop and go up and dunk it. Um, you know, because that just 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 didn't make sense, you know, and because everybody in the arena already knew that this was going to Joe, they completely sold out. They completely sold out on Joe. Toby didn't want to, to just, you know, Toby had a moment where he could have pulled up and pulled that jumper that he likes from that space, which would have probably been a better shot. You know, what I mean, I probably would have liked that shot or you could have pulled up and really have drawn Clint out a little bit more because you passed it so soon because you're not a natural playmaker that Clint essentially just collapsed immediately. Clint showed, collapsed back to Joe. Joe is now triple team because here comes John Collins. Why? Because Ben is standing at the dunker spot just there. Here comes John Collins now. So now John Collins, Clint, and uh, whoever, I forgot who the original defender on Toby was, are all collapsing on Joe at the same time. Yeah, no, no shot there. Um. 
Joe, you allowed yourself to get completely out of the game. You're you're arguing with refs. They're now going on a run. As their momentum is swinging, you're getting less and less back on defense because you're arguing with the refs. And then you, you tell the crowd to shut the fuck up, and that's it. That pretty much signifies the end of what was a car wreck of a game. Um, in the first half, we dominated them. It, there's no excuse that we go up 18, and then all of a sudden we lose by three. We get outscored by 21 points in the second half. And because we don't have anyone who can actually stop the bleeding outside of Joe, everyone else just kind of whatever. I mean, Toby, what did I think? I'm pretty sure Toby scores the, the vast majority of points in the first half. Uh, let's take a look at this. Let's go to first half here. Toby scores 14 in the first half. He scores six points in the second half. Same thing. I mean, Ben has a great first half. Look at Ben's numbers for the first half here real quick. You know, the defense, our defense player of the year here, he has eight points, seven assists, 11 rebounds. And then in the second half, just completely nothing, just nothing from anybody. Just nothing from me. Joe has 11 rebounds in the second half. Uh, ben, Ben, three points, two assists, one rebound. Toby, six points. To, yeah, I mean, just just pathetic. I mean, no one scores a lot. You know what I mean? Furkan, yeah, Furkan carried us. Uh, Shake carried us in the, at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Shake carried us a little bit too much because we then relied on him a little bit. He gives us, he carries us at the in the first six minutes of the third of the fourth quarter, and we left him in there two minutes too long. You know what I mean? We left him in there two minutes too long. Um, Toby, I, you know, so Toby played as good as Toby's gonna play. You know what I mean? He played as well as Toby's gonna play. This is his numbers. Yep, 20 points, five rebounds. So, yep, that's a that's a Toby playing basketball. He's been playing great in the playoffs. He's had more numbers, but generally, yeah, Toby is just gonna be this. There, there's one play that really just signifies how frustrating it can be sometimes, where they pull the chair out on Toby, and Toby just doesn't have any good footwork to to actually finish the layup in the first quarter. Mind you, he played well in the first half, but just this play, he just completely blows this layup. It's just off balance, no real footwork, just doesn't. I mean, he just you know, it's one of the most frustrating things. You know what I mean? I don't know. Toby, go watch Carmelo tape or something, man. Watch some Carmelo tape. He is somewhat like you, similar body types, not necessarily super explosive. Obviously, he's Carmelo. He's better. But, you know, maybe you can learn something from him or Paul Pierce. You know what I mean? I don't know what tapes you're watching. Are you are you just watching the role player tapes? You know what I mean? These are the role players. This is how to be the ultimate role player, I guess. I don't know. When we need a bucket, we're struggling on getting it. Uh, Ben, I mean, Ben, I thought Ben's first half was incredible. I thought Ben had a great first half. He was impactful in the second half. I wasn't sure if he was playing. Um, but of course, because as the game starts getting tight, he wants to shoot less and less free throws now. You know what I mean? He's just more, he's less and less willing to shoot free throws. So, you know, it's just going to kind of fall apart. It's going to fall apart. He's playing great defense on Trey for sure. But we're, we're, we're just, again, I, I, I just can't, I just can't do this shit. You know what I mean? I can't do this with you fans, with the Sixers fans out here, man. I can't do it. You're not going to sit here and act. You, you can't watch these games. Don't tell me you're watching the basketball games and not saying that we're not doing, it's not a full team effort to stop Trey. Essentially, Trey has that floater whenever he wants if Joe doesn't step up on it. If Joe doesn't step up on it, he has that floater. If Joe is not being bouncy, if Joe's not bouncy, if Joe is suffering from his injury, if Joe is confined to the ground, he's going to kill us on those floaters. When Joe is not as confined to the ground, Joe is way quicker at showing to the floater and then getting back to deflect the pass, to deflect the, the, the alley-oop that's going to surely come after that. You know what I mean? And because honestly, Trey is too good of a playmaker for your weak side defender to come help. You can't really get 
Toby to drop off a John Collins guys to help on that on that because he's just going to pick you apart. You don't really have that option. And because, again, Ben cannot get through screens for his life. He can't get through a screen. He can't get through a screen. And as soon as you try to get too aggressive to get back into that play, all Trey does is slow down, gets the foul call, and that's it. So you're kind of really limited. You're limited to whether Trey is missing floaters or not or whether Joe is feeling healthy or not. Joe is I, – I just don't get it. You know, because, like, for example, I was listening to the Mismatch podcast last week, which is, you know, Kevin O'Connor and, and uh, what's-his-face, so I can never remember his name. Um, good grief. Anyway, uh, and Kevin O'Connor is talking about in the same breath that you say Ben is the defensive player of the year. You also say Rudy is so good on defense because he gives the the perimeter players so much opportunity to be aggressive on the perimeter, uh, because he's going to clean up so much of those mistakes. Well, how are you not, how don't you know that Ben, that Joe does the exact same thing on the back of our defense? that the only reason why Ben's defense can be as aggressive as it is because Joe is there. How aren't you recognizing that at times? You're going to tell me all of this about Ben, but, but Trey still picked us apart yesterday and Trey was injured. Trey bricked a wide open three pointer. You're going to act like, Oh, so, so, so now because Ben is his, because Ben is his defender, you're going to go rely on these terrible defensive stats that are going to show up. Well, ben held them to these numbers but when Trey is breaking wide open three pointers that Ben is nowhere near, but he's going to get the credit for the defense on it. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. This is not to say that Ben is, in, is not defending well, but I just can't that the amount of cap that goes on to, to defend Ben's absence on offense to, to say that he's such a great defender that it's okay that he doesn't do shit on offense. He's such a great playmaker. He's a very good playmaker. He makes very good plays sometimes. Sure. Sometimes, again, it's because he's not going to go to the rim. It's very easy to defend Ben. It's far easier to defend Ben than it is to defend Giannis. You know what I mean? It's far easier to defend Ben than it is to defend Giannis. Not even close. Giannis isn't even the playmaker that Ben is, but Giannis will finish with a ton of assists too. And Giannis looks – if you watch – there is very rare that I watch Giannis play basketball – and think, wow, that was a really nice pass by Giannis. It doesn't happen often, right? But Giannis still makes the right play. Giannis makes the same play Ben makes. The difference is Ben makes it look prettier. Ben makes a prettier one. Giannis just makes the right one. It gets the ball there, an open shot, and it works out. Ben will, will, will go wrap the ball around his waist, no look pass to the same exact person and get the same exact shot, still worth the same three points. But, it, but Giannis looked like a car accident. Ben looked like graceful. And actually, it's more frustrating because when you see Giannis do that, you're kind of not really surprised he's not good at free throw shooting because it doesn't look like he's that skilled, right? When you look at Ben do it, you're very confused because Ben has all the dribble moves, has the incredible handles, incredible touch passing, and no offensive ability, no ability to put the, the ball in the bucket. Just none of the ability to do that. And then when Ben isn't being aggressive, it's, there is nothing more obvious than when Ben isn't being aggressive. But now let's get to Doc here. Because now I'm frustrated. Because against the Wizards, Doc, you told the world. If you want me to bench, if you wanted me to bench Ben, let me know now. That way I know for sure you don't know shit about basketball. Those were your words. If you wanted me to bench Ben at the end of the game, let me know now because that way you can tell me you don't know anything about basketball. 
And in this series, on two separate games, you bench Ben down the stretch. Game two, you benched them because they were going into hack to, to hack a bench, which is literally the exact situation that, that that reporter asked you why you didn't bench Ben. Mind you, I don't think you should have benched Ben in the hack a bench thing. However, the reporter asked you two games earlier, you said you don't know anything about basketball. Two games later, you benched Ben in that exact situation. How does that actually help his confidence? Which, which is so fragile already. How does that actually help his confidence? Wouldn't it really help his confidence more long-term if you said, no, we're, we're riding with Ben. I don't give a fuck. Ben, go ahead and sink those. No, instead you benched him. Yesterday, the last play of the game, you benched your biggest playmaker. Now, is that the right move? Is that the wrong move? Go figure. It's probably the right move because if as soon as you put the ball in Ben's hands, they're hacking Ben. We're down three. He's only going to hit zero of them. So we'll still be down three at the end of the game. It's the exact same thing as the way it ends. The problem is that if you watch Shake bring the ball up, it took Shake five seconds to get the ball up to the fucking three-point line. Whereas Ben, that is his one of his skills. You give Ben the ball, it'll take Ben two seconds. We have four seconds to find to get an open shot to look at the first and second option. Shake can't is we don't have any playmakers that can handle this situation. We don't have any playmakers that handle the situation. So is it the right situation? Yeah, probably because they're going to foul Ben. But here's the fucking problem. This is the point. This is the point. Yeah. The, the play before it, Ben's defender is already collapsing on Joe because Ben has nothing to offer us in that situation but staying in the dunker spot. As soon as you – as soon as – even if John Collins doesn't collapse as hard because he took a chance collapsing that hard, if Ben – if, if Joe ends up getting that ball to Ben, but Ben gets fouled and misses it, well, we lose that. We lose that way. We're going to lose that way. We're down one. Ben probably doesn't hit any of those free throws. Maybe he hits one of them. And we tie it. And then, you know, we see how it plays out. But because he's on the floor, everything collapses. Now, ben, now Joe is automatically double teamed. Right. Okay. Then the very next play, your best playmaker can't even be on the floor because he doesn't offer three. He doesn't shoot threes. He doesn't offer anything. He doesn't offer anything. And they don't even have to worry about us. Arguably, what they did was a bad call. They actually accidentally made a mistake because this is the constant argument that teams have. Do you foul in that situation? Six seconds left. You're up three. Instead of even giving them the chance to get a three off, do you foul? Put them at the line to shoot two free throws, get the rebound games over, right? That's always the argument that people have. Now, against us, that could be dangerous because as soon as if you foul us and we do hit two free throws and we have, well, no, we're not going to even have a chance to, no, you would have a chance. I'm sorry. As soon as we shoot the first free throw, Ben comes back in, Matisse comes back in and you have the shot of turning the ball over because that's really what they're, they specialize at. <clears throat> um, so, so, you know, whatever, that's the argument, the argument, right? And people made that argument, especially that great game, uh, you know, when it was a uh, 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 trailblazers, nuggets and, you know, uh, Dame is shooting fucking flame is just shooting rockets at the rim. And the question is, if you're down three, I mean, if you're up three, why aren't you fouling Dame before he gets this shot off? Right. God forbid you let him shoot these threes that are for sure going in, foul him. That way he doesn't even get the opportunity at the three point try. They don't even have to do that against us. They probably should have. But Nate McMillan as a coach is a little questionable. Um, but the point being, yeah, you can't have Ben in the game. This is the problem. This is the problem. Do you think it gets better from here? No, it does not get better from here. For all you Sixers fans that love Ben so much, and listen, again, I'm not here to shit on Ben. I'm really not, because I do like Ben. 
but I understand his shortcomings very, very well. There is a big difference between having Ben in at the end of that game and having Bradley Beal in at the end of the game. And if you told me we could trade Ben, let's say for Bradley Beal, and you can keep Matisse, yeah, I'm cool with that. Because again, I think personally, Matisse is a better defender than Ben is. He's a better defender than Ben is and is a little bit more of a threat. He's like 10% more of a threat than Ben is offensively, 15% more of a threat than he is offensively. He's not the playmaker, although I do think Matisse is actually a good passer, but that's not the, he's not Ben. But yeah, I would be cool with that. If you, or if, God forbid Dame tries to force himself out of Portland. Oh, yeah, I'm shipping Ben. I'm sorry, Tyrese. I love you to death, but I t- you're going to have to go. I'm not sending Ben and Matisse, Ben, Tyrese, and picks. You could take that. If we have to make up money, find a way to make up money. I don't know how that works. And bring in Dame here. Yeah, bring Dame here. Uh, you know, and, and yeah, we're going to lose Ben's defense, but it ain't going to make a difference when in any of these games, when you're going up against Trey Young and the fight is Trey Young versus, versus Dame, you're going to feel pretty good about winning that situation. When you can get threes, when you can count in threes more often, because us, we count in twos all the time. We spend entire games counting in twos. That's why our defense has to be great, because if it's not great, we would lose all the games because we count in two-pointers with threes sporadically poured in. But once you add Dame, that all changes. That all changes. Now you're counting in threes, too. And you're counting in threes in a way that don't even make sense. It's not even close. Yeah, I mean, Dame and Joe would be – is Dame and Joe means that, that Toby – Whatever happens with Toby doesn't even matter anymore. Whatever you give us, Toby, is fine. doesn't make a difference. You know, it's not really that important. You know what I mean? That's a big two with a third guy, you know, which is kind of like the best situation, really one of the, the better situations you can have. You know what I mean? Even though I fucking hate the idea of big threes, but generally having Dame and Joe and Toby would be a, a situation almost similar to Steph, Clay, and, and Draymond. Yeah, Draymond isn't that that great he's a very good defender he does all he fills in all of these other gaps and then you have two great players you know what i mean um but it just you know it's just not it's not comparable it's just not comparable you know what i mean it's just not comparable you can say whatever you want but the fact that you can't even have your starting point guard in the game at the end of the game tells you kind of all you need to know about what he's doing about what he actually means on offense yeah, he did all this on defense, and he, you know, gave Trey some issues. Trey picked us apart regardless. He gave Trey some issues. And the rate, again, let's be clear. In order for Trey to get 18 assists, for all you guys who think that Ben is just shutting down Trey one-on-one, if he was shutting down Trey one-on-one, he wouldn't have 18 assists. It's because it's a team effort to stop Trey that he is picking us apart because he's finding open guys all over the floor, just finding open guys all over the floor because guys are collapsing to make it difficult on Trey to score. It's not just a one-on-one thing. It's just not. It's just not. Yesterday wasn't, you know, whatever. I think we're going to beat Atlanta. I thought yesterday we would win. I thought we were going to win yesterday in a tight, ugly game, which it was. I thought we would pull that game out. Credit to them. They, They won that game. Um, I think we're going to win this series unless, because Joe didn't look right to me, right? Didn't look great in that second half, especially. If Joe can't play game five, oh yeah, then all bets are off. All bets are off if Joe can't play game five. All bets are off. I don't know what happens if that ha- if that happens. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what's going to happen next. You know, it's funny because you look at 
the Clippers just blew out Utah yesterday, right? The Clipper essentially it takes Ty Lue two games before he starts making adjustments. All right, he needs to lose two, and then he begins making adjustments. It's just the story of his career as a coach. The Clippers yesterday finally said, okay, fuck it. We're not going to start Zubats. They came out. They went full small. They had Morris starting at the five. Uh, and because of that, you're able to play Rudy Gobert off the court, right? Because Rudy now has to defend five. He's not really playing him off the court, but because he's having, having to defend shooters, it's limiting his impact. But also on offense, he's not good enough to actually do anything to dominate a small matchup. You know what I mean? Um, but you could try that if Joe doesn't play with Ben, except that's not going to work either because Ben doesn't play anyone off the floor. Yeah, Ben's just going to be standing there and Clint is going to essentially just be waiting for him whenever he drives. So no one's going to collapse on Ben. No one's really worried about it. Yeah, I know Ben had that game in Utah. That was I promise you that won't ever happen again. People are just relying on that. That's never going to happen again, I assure you. Don't you worry. That will never happen again. It's not going to happen to Clint. I promise you that. Um, so, so even if you, Joe go, is hurt and you try to go small, it's not going to really help out. You know what I mean? Even though I, I am a proponent of going small of Ben being this kind of like center, like, like if you traded Ben, Ben would have been the perfect center for, for like when the Rockets decided to go small two years ago or whatever it was. Um, if you would have said, okay, you know what, Ben, you be the center and you also be the initiator of offense. You know what I mean? But you can't have Russ and Ben on the same court. You know, it's just, you can't really do that. Um, the point being, I don't know what the answer is. If Joe's not healthy, we're fucked. We're fucked. Yeah, if Joe doesn't play game five, that's going to be a tough situation to go down 3-2. You know what I mean? To go down 3-2. Joe, you can't be fighting the refs. You can't be sitting here fighting the refs because now what happens with Joe sometimes is like, he's not getting foul calls. So now he's going to challenge the refs to call a foul for him by throwing up bullshit until they do. Joe, just simple, simplify it. Simplify it. Just simplify it. Go back to the jumper. Go back to the turnaround. Again, Joe was obviously injured. Whether, whether it was knee, whether it was back, I don't know which one it was. Him laying on the floor tells me it was his back bothering him, which is possible. You know, I talked to Vic about that yesterday too. Vic, how, why is Joe always on the ground? Well, yeah, because Joe's on the ground because a couple years ago, I talk about this to everybody, a couple years ago, you know, four years ago was a hinky thing, teaching him how to fall to take pressure off of his knees. But does that help his back out? Probably not. I would assume that does not help his back out. Constantly falling on his lower back, I'm sure does not, is not good for his back. So yesterday, him laying down reminds me of when he hurt his back and he was laying down the last two years on the sideline instead of sitting down. Yeah, Ben, Joe don't look healthy. And if he's not healthy, we're screwed here. Let me be clear again. All you Sixers fans that are just marking us into the finals, I don't think that's – we are the most incomplete team in the league, in my opinion. Of Not in the league, I'm sorry. Of all of the teams that are left, we are the most incomplete team. You know what I mean? I think we're better than the Hawks, but we are incomplete. We're more incomplete. We can say what the Bucs, that's a different story. And maybe I'll do a podcast later going through the playoffs again. The Bucs are a little bit of a different story, whatever's going on with them. Their offense has completely just collapsed. And Giannis, credit to him, though, you know, he's doing what people wish Ben would do. So you're, you're here. If you're a Sixers fan, right, if you're a Sixers fan and you're clowning Ben for not shooting, but you're big enough, you, you better be shitting on Giannis for, I mean, you better be blowing Giannis for shooting because he is shooting his team out. And I've talked about this. I am not someone who thinks Ben should be shooting. 
Because again, unless Ben is going to shoot five three-pointers a game, around 40%, it don't matter if he shoots. That's not, that don't make a difference. It don't make a difference. The foul calls are different. If you can get fouled seven times, that's seven fouls that put teams in the penalty faster, especially when you consider how many times, how many fouls Joe can draw. Joe draws all these fouls. And if Ben is drawing a bunch of fouls, that's great for us. You know what I mean? Three-point shooting doesn't actually help. I'd, again, much rather have Ben have a floater, some sort of floater, some ability to finish something, have a post game that doesn't look hideous. I mean, him and Toby essentially have gone to the same school of post players, which I guess Dwight, Dwight must be teaching them how to play in the post. Dwight must be teaching them. This is Dave. Hey, let me show you how to play. Let me show you some post footwork. Instead of going to Joel, the fucking, one of the greatest post players we've probably ever seen, you're probably learning how to play in the post from, from Dwight for whatever reason. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think we should beat Atlanta. I don't feel good about us playing Milwaukee. I know people are shitting on Milwaukee, and rightfully so. Milwaukee doesn't look right against Brooklyn. Brooklyn's been defending the shit out of Milwaukee. I have, I did say that Kevin Durant is a way better defender than people realize. Brooklyn is probably fucked because obviously losing Kyrie is going to make it very difficult for them. You know what I mean? It's going to make it very difficult for them. They're losing their best scorer, their, their second best scorer, or third best scorer, whatever. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say it's karma because that's the shit that Glenn Davis said for 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 Kyrie stepping on the most the, on the most probably the most racist uh, logo in sports, which is the, the Irishman, the Boston Irishman in Boston being so goddamn racist. Anyway, that fucking logo has said the N word more times than I can count. I promise you that logo was just sitting there saying the N word in the middle of the game. Um, <clears throat> so I don't think it's I don't believe in karma, big baby. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Not I do believe in karma, not that type of karma. Who gives a fuck about that logo? Um, if anything, Kyrie would have been raised to the heavens for stepping on that logo. Um, but I do think that I, I don't it's there's no karma happening here. But this is what happens when you build a team this top heavy and now those guys get injured. Well, that's kind of what happens. Mind you, Kyrie is injury prone. It's injured a thousand times aside from him just bouncing. James isn't injury prone, but he has a hamstring. Well, yeah, that's karma because he came into the season purposely out of shape. And now he played himself into shape and has a hamstring issue. That's karma, sure. Yeah, that one's karma, you know, but the rest, I don't think so. Um, we'll see. You know, Kevin Durant's going to have to go supernova in, in order for them to win without without Kyrie uh, and James Harden. So whatever happens, I hope they lose because fuck the Nets and fuck everything they did to, to win this championship, uh, to try to win this championship. Nothing would make me happier. Um, but I'm gonna be honest again. I don't think we're, I don't know that we're better than Brooklyn. I keep asking this question. If you just put the big threes, Giannis, Chris Middleton and Drew against Joe, Toby and Ben, what's a better big three? I, I would find it hard to believe you're going to point to our big three and say it's better. You can cancel out Giannis and Joe, depending on how you feel. I personally am taking Joe over Giannis. Sure thing is splitting hairs. I'm taking Joe over Giannis though. I'm taking Joe over Giannis. I'm not taking Toby over Chris Middleton. Not taking Ben over Chris Middleton, probably. I'm not taking Ben over Drew, probably. Or Toby over Drew, probably. Yeah, I think their big three is better than ours. Yep, I do. I do think their big three is better than ours. Because Ben, game to game, you don't know what you're going to get. Toby, I've seen get locked up a million times. The only problem is that playoff Chris and playoff Drew right now is the problem for them. Playoff Toby's playing great. Give it, let's give him some credit. He's playing great, putting up great numbers. Definitely better than Chris and, and Drew these playoffs. So we'll see. We're not we're not complete. We're not complete. That Suns team, they're a complete fucking team. One, 
aside from DeAndre Ayton playing great against the Nuggets and, and in the first round against the Lakers. He played great. He is playing great basketball. He is doing what Clint's doing to us, just benefiting off of a ton of playmaking when guys can't keep their guy in front of them. Devin took ben, Ben's girlfriend. He's going to stare him down, dominate him again. Ugh. Yeah, I don't think we can beat the Suns. I mean, in a lot of ways, if you want to, if you do believe in karma, and I do, in a lot of ways, this is shaping up to be a Chris Paul championship, and that's going to be bittersweet. If he beats us, it's bittersweet. You know what I mean? It's bittersweet. I'm going to be more mad than happy. I'm going to be happy that Chris Paul got a championship, but I'm going to be pissed that we lost. But I'm not really going to be surprised because we're not a complete team. And if you think the Suns are bad, I don't know what to tell you. If you think the Suns are bad, it's because it's because all you think is names. You're only thinking, well, we got Joe, Ben, and Toby. And what they got? They got Devin, Chris Paul, and Aiden. Well, that big three, fuck the big three for a second. Their starting five is a more complete starting five than our starting five. Everyone in their starting five can shoot. Aiden doesn't shoot threes, but he can spread the floor and he can shoot 10, 15 feet away. Everyone else can shoot threes. Their bench, great. Cam, campaign plays great off their bench. Dario, the homie, he's pretty solid off the bench. Yeah. Cam Johnson, another good player off the bench. They have a lot of good bench players. They are a complete team. They're a complete team. They have Chris Paul, one of the greatest point guards of all time. He can shoot. He can make free throws. At the end of a game, you're worried about Chris Paul. At the end of our games, Ben is a problem. He's a liability. So go figure. That's it, everyone. I got nothing else. I'll talk about the playoffs probably more later. Uh, we play Wednesday. You know, so maybe if we win, if we win Wednesday, I'll probably spool through the playoffs. If we lose Wednesday, there will be alarms blaring. This room will be red. I'll be talking. Uh, this will be from a red room. This will be like TLC red light special. Um, everyone else, wash your hands. You know the drill. Black Lives Matter. Arrest the cops. Kill Breonna Taylor. Stop Asia hate. Wear a mask. Get vaccinated. Stay the fuck away from me. Otherwise, sing it. Yo. Uh, 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 yo. Justice for the blind. Just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind. Used to come in.